Hey friends, this is Musing Methodists, where we discuss important issues and topics for Christians to ponder. My name is John Duff, the assistant pastor here at Centenary United Methodist in Danville, Kentucky. And today uh, we're asking questions about uh, Myanmar and what's going on in Myanmar and what's the Christian response. We have a great interview with one of my buddies, David Moe, uh, from Asbury Seminary. Very honored and, and excited to have him uh, share his story. And this is Pastor Chris. I am Chris Morgan. I am the lead pastor at Centenary in Danville. And um, it's great to see everybody today. Yeah. And so if you're tuning in and you haven't tuned in before, we do this podcast weekly on Tuesday at 1215. Uh, as I said before, we like to just discuss important issues uh, to, to ponder and to think about. Uh, but we normally start with how are we doing? Uh, so it's a snowy snowfall there was lots of sleet yesterday coming down freezing rain and today it's just today, like it's, it's just white, white out outside yeah. so um so it's pretty snow so hopefully you're doing well staying warm inside um uh how are you doing pastor chris i am doing well I slept through the night last night. Yeah. It's not every night that I get to sleep through the night. Yeah. Um, but actually, my uh, wife and kids slept through the night last night, too. And I woke up this morning. And after about a pot of coffee, I feel like I could not run a marathon, but yeah. I could spell the word marathon. I left my tea in your microwave. Keep talking. Okay. I'll be back in just a second. <laughs> and then we'll get to the interview. John wants tea, and he's going to bring my coffee from over there as soon as he gets his tea. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty good week. Um, you know, things slow down a bit when they have to slow down, and we're kind of used to slow while the pandemic uh, has been going on. But it, anything slower is actually the pandemic and an ice storm. So the ice storm is outside and making it even slower. During the pandemic, we've at least been trying to uh, do things and trying to maintain some kind of normalcy. But when you can't leave the house, um, some of some of my uh, son Zachary's friends have four-wheel drive vehicles. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to have to hire them to take me places that yeah. I need to go because none of my vehicles are, are movable at this moment. There you go. Yeah. Well, uh, last week I spent some time at the Morgan house because um, I was over here when everything started. And so I just stayed for a little bit. And then as I had gotten a chance to go home, I went home. And with my time where I can't go out very much, I'm like normal working on some woodworking. And so um, that's kind of exciting and fun. But just like the rest, there's not a whole lot to do if you can't get out. I've read a lot. That's cool. Uh, um... I've done some reading that I intended to do. I have done some reading that I did not intend to do, um, that just sort of came across. Yeah. So, nice. um, if I could focus a little bit more, there are a couple of books I'd really like to finish this month. Yeah. And we'll see if that happens. Yeah, that's cool. So, uh, we have a very, very cool, um, interview today, uh, with a friend of mine, David Moe, as I said, who's, uh, from Myanmar. He's studying at Asbury Theological Seminary right now. 
uh, and we're going to get to that on uh, what it's like to be a Christian in Myanmar and then what's actually going on right now in the, the politics of Myanmar with the military coup and whatnot. And so I thought that was uh, we want to talk about important issues. And, and we thought this was an important issue to think about and, and ponder um, as Christians of what's going on in Myanmar. And so this is uh, straight from a man who who's from Myanmar, knows what's going on, and he is also a theologian. And so it's good to hear his reflections on that as well. Um, but before we do that, we wanted to say uh, about Ash Wednesday is coming up tomorrow. Um, and we wanted to say, uh, what are you, your thoughts on that, Chris? Well, it is Fat Tuesday, first of all. Yeah. So celebrate um, with a feast. Zachary was so nice, and he got Melinda uh, a bag of chocolates. And mm -hmm. Melinda ate one or two of this bag of chocolates. Was that for Fat Tuesday or Valentine's Day? Well, that was for Valentine's okay. Day, which yeah. happens to precede Fat Tuesday. But the dog ate the rest of the chocolates last oh, night. Oh, God, yeah. The, we had to have this, this entire... Um, you know, rid the dog of the chocolate episode, which took about an hour and 15 minutes, I'd say, from beginning to end. But we got all of the chocolate. She ate the foil wrapping and the oh, chocolate. Gosh, man. So um, Fat Tuesday, which means tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Um, we don't know whether we're going to be able to have an in-person Ash Wednesday service or not. Yeah. Uh, it just depends on, number one, how the road clearing goes. Um, whether or not uh, the parking mm -hmm. lot at, at churches is able to be cleared. I mean, this is a big deal ice storm and yeah. snowstorm and freezing rain in the midst of all of that. And like, yeah, like on the grass is just as hard now as, as walking on um, the driveway. Yeah, so, for sure. yeah, there's, there's a lot that has to happen for us to be in person tomorrow night. I want us to be in person, but whether or not we're in person, at church, we will have an Ash Wednesday service online that, that, that you can access. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. and that, that uh, Ash Wednesday is one of my favorite services. I don't know why, but I just, uh, well, I, I, I just like the themes and, you know, repent and, you know, you're going to die one day. So remember yeah. that. I think, I honestly think that's really important to remember. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's just a sobering time. And, and that's not a new thought. You you know, know, yeah. And in, in Stoicism, you know, there's this this awareness of, you know, you've got today to do what you're going to do. Um, yeah. You know, stop, stop your thoughts that, that want more stuff or, or, or want more glory. Just uh, be, be content with today, knowing that your days are numbered. So it's not yeah. even, even um, as much as we want to say things like Ash Wednesday uh, is, is, specifically Christian, and it is specifically Christian, yeah, yeah. Um, some of the philosophies that were in vogue in the first century also yeah. uh, had this stark realization of our mortality. Yeah, absolutely. So so uh, pay attention. Uh, we will let you know if our we're not doing in person. Uh, we're going to do our best to see that we can do in person. That's what we want to do. But uh, we'll definitely be online. Uh, and some of you might have already planned to be online anyways. So that won't affect you. So today, I'm, I'm very excited. I have this interview with my friend David Moe. I have a couple of things uh, before. We're just going to show it and let you listen and, and reflect on it. Um, and and that'll be that. Um, and it's uh, it's it's a 45-minute interview, so we're going to go ahead and show it so that we don't take up more of the time. Uh, but I, I highly encourage you to listen to all of it. it, it, it he has some great insights, and it's great to hear his story. 
some of his story and some of the story of the people of Myanmar. Um, a couple of things. One, uh, the, it, we did the interview yesterday over Zoom, so the sound quality isn't perfect, uh, but just stick with it. Two, uh, I thought we were, I actually had planned to show this like next week, but we decided to go ahead and show it this week. So uh, when I interviewed him, I say, oh, we'll see this a week later. This was actually yesterday that I interviewed and and that's in the interview. So that's uh, that's not a big deal. David, um, I wanted to say, I really think really highly of David. He, he's a brilliant scholar. He's done a lot of study and he's uh, just finishing up his PhD. He'll mention that in the um interview and it, it was an honor to have him on the show uh, so we want to say thanks uh, for that uh, another thing the inter internet freezes just about three times in the interview but it's less than like 10 10 15 seconds uh, so uh, don't worry it, it'll um just stay with it and, and we'll get through it and i try to if if it freezes i try to kind of summarize or like um, share with you so you don't miss stuff just just stick with it um, and then lastly, he, so he's from Myanmar, so he has a little bit of an accent. I felt like he was, he was very understandable. Um, there's one word that he says that kind of confused me when he says government, um, it sounds uh, shorter. It sounds like garment. And so, um, just know, listen for that when he's talking, when he says government, uh, you might not hear it right. It might, to me, it sounded like garment first. Um, so just so you know. Um, if you're an, an English speaker and from America, just so you're hearing that. But uh, with that said, uh, we're ready to kind of show the interview and uh, we'll show it and then we'll pop back on just shortly afterwards uh, to give a blessing for everyone. So here is the interview with David Moe. That sounds good. Okay, we're recording now. So um, everyone who's watching, hey, um, this is not a live recording, so we're recording this, and it's actually, it's February 15th in the middle of the day, there's going to be a bunch of snow coming down, um, and I think we're going to hear this um, in about a week, and so um, just keep that in mind as you're listening, and also know that if stuff has happened since then in, in Myanmar in a week, yes. um, we are not commenting on that, we're commenting on uh, February 15th and, and everything that's that's gone on so far and i'm here with uh, my friend david i know david from uh, david mo from asbury seminary and we uh i overlapped a little bit at our time there and we played soccer together right so yeah that's right <laughs> david is a, a striker he likes to score and i like playing soccer uh, <laughs> with david that's and right. our, our mutual friends so that's that's pretty fun but i remember um david um you're from myanmar uh and uh, uh there's a lot going on in myanmar right now and uh i on on our show we want to talk about important issues that christians should be thinking about and talking about and sometimes that involves things not in america not very close to us and so i wanted to have uh, david on the show and kind of ask him about uh myanmar primarily and, and what's going on there and how christians are responding and reacting um, but first, David, uh, let me uh, ask you kind of about yourself. So you're at Asbury Seminary studying PhD, and you just told me you're almost done. You're wrapping up your dissertation. Um, what are you studying? Can you share that with our folks? Um, okay. Uh, yes, as you said, I'm, I'm from uh, Myanmar originally, which is yeah. in Southeast Asia. Of course, Myanmar is not very famous. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is in Southeast Asia, next to Thailand. So Thailand is more famous. Yeah, yeah. And and 
Um, okay. And and Myanmar has hundred thirty five ethnic hundred ethnic group. Ooh. Which yes. So lots of so different. So that ethnic. is yeah. something. That's right. That's right. So that is something important about my background. And uh, so now I'm doing my PhD here at Asbury. This is my fifth year. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm writing my dissertation now in order to graduate in the summer. That's cool. So yeah. So uh, my particular interest in the research and even in my dissertation is something on what I would call it the role of religions. Okay in nationalism like for example now that is what's going on in Myanmar like Buddhist nationalism yeah how yeah. how how they practice their religious belief in a wrong way right yeah on the other hand I'm also thinking about okay are there any right way that religion should also play so in that way my interest is in the paradoxical rule of religions so yeah. that is something that I'm I'm doing and then from a Christian perspective, what it means to be a Christian uh, understanding of reconciliations and what it means to be the religious and the ethnic identity, what it means to be our identity in that conflict, what is our Christian response and what is our Christian role in that Buddhist nationalism. And so yeah. that is something that I'm writing in my dissertations and my interest. So. So that is a, a, a really important issue, um, yeah. especially right now. Um, and before you came to seminary, were you um, were you a teacher, professor, or I'm not really sure. Were you... Oh no, John, I'm sorry. Yes, I I I spent most of my life in the academic life. Okay. In the academic community as a student. Okay. Um, and but here at Asbury, I served as the teaching assistant to the professor in go. six or seven courses, I believe, if I'm not okay. wrong. So I, I, I'm not a teacher. That's why now, right after finishing this one, I really, really want to be a teacher okay. to equip so the students. And by the, way, uh, by the way, uh, let me add what my also interest in my research is, what I call it the grassroots public theology. I feel mm. that what we do theology is too much academic. Yeah. We want to write a lot. We want to talk a lot in the classroom, which is mm -hmm. still very important. That's why we are doing some high educations. Yeah. But I feel that sometimes those academic debate, academic discussion is not quite relevant to the real world. Oh, that's so good. my interest is, okay, how can these intellectual theologians and the grassroots people in the public life can come together and discuss together yeah. And talk about this, the public theology, which is yeah. relevant for the human life. It's not just about the Christian community, but also for the, the human life, yeah. the human flourishing in the society. That's my really interest. So trying to awesome. uh, bridge the gap between the academic conversations and the grassroots life. So I, this is my, my, my big interest. That, yeah, awesome. That, that's great. And we need, we need a lot of people that do that. Because like right. you said, we do need the people who do all the academic stuff but yes. we need the bridge to an everyday life as yes, well. Yes, exactly, so. exactly. That's what I'm doing. So everyday theology is what I like. That's why I'm playing soccer, John. That is also yeah. part of yeah. part of everyday theology. That is a communal life. Absolutely. <laughs> so we haven't played for a while because they don't let us play indoors. That's right, that's right. And it's been cold, so we haven't played outdoors for a while. But, um, okay, so you said uh, just a little bit about Myanmar. And so I'm going to ask you, 
at this point to give us a little bit of background of Myanmar and kind of, uh, you said there's lots of different ethnic groups, which is a is a big thing in Myanmar because it's it's now one nation um, with lots of different people groups. Um, and then, but also, so if you could give us a little bit of understanding of what it's like uh, to live there, as well as what it's like to live there as a Christian. And uh, I remember you speaking to me a little bit about different that's true, that's true. ways that you that's live and have persecution there as Christians. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, you know, uh, being a Christian in a non-Christian world is naturally not easy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, especially in, 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 in Myanmar, where Buddhist nationalism is so strong, it's not easy to be uh, a Christian uh, yeah. for, for two reasons. First, many Buddhist nationalists see Christians as what we'll, we'll call them, uh, disloyal citizens, because they feel that we adopt the Western Christianity, yeah. right? Yeah. So for them is to be a Buddhist, to be a Burmese is to be yeah. a Buddhist. Yeah. So one more Christians means one less Buddhist, right? Okay. So that kind yeah. of this identity is playing out. So, so based on these, when you become a Christian, you will face discriminations. Mm -hmm. You will face persecutions in some contexts. You know, so th that that's very natural to uh, to the Christian identity in in, in our country. Mm -hmm. So, so the thing is here is interestingly, John, as you American. Okay, wait up one second. In America, I don't know right. whether I don't think you have on the card. I don't think so. Do you have? Like in Myanmar, we have the ID, yeah, national yes. identity card. Okay. You have to indicate which ethnic group you belong to. Like for example, you can say you are Chin, and yeah. then religious identity. You have to mention Christianity or Buddhism. Yeah. So okay. if you hold the ID with the religious identity of Christians you will face discrimination easily. And when you apply the job in the society, the chance is not high for you. They will give the chance to those who are Buddhist. So this okay. is the practical experience of um, yeah. uh, discriminations in our country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just to, um, I'm having a little bit of internet problem over here. So just to summarize, you shared that one of the practical ways that people discriminate against Christians is, is on their ID card. So in, yeah. in Myanmar, you have to have your ID card with uh, what uh, ethnicity you are and then what yeah. religion. Religious, and then yeah. oftentimes people looking for jobs who are Christians, <laughs> like they're, they're on the list, way down the list on who people are gonna choose to getting a job. So it's harder to get a job yes. out in, in, in your nation uh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's right. That's why, John, uh, interestingly, some of the ethnic Christians, those who really want to get the job in society, they mm -hmm. change their religions. They become a okay. Buddhist. You yeah. see, they become a Buddhist so that they could get a job easier. Yeah. So, so that's, that's some do they example. really convert or are they just doing that just to... <laughs> I don't to know whether there is really okay. conversions. Uh, okay. We call them opportunists. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know whether that's a real conversion. We need to ask them, but yeah, somehow that's what's happening, and we call them opportunists. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's that's good to know. That that helps us catch a little bit of the context. And um, it, you said there's lots of different ethnic groups in Myanmar. Uh, and also, just for for folks' background, uh, it, especially if you're you're um, 
of an older generation, you might know Myanmar by the name Burma, which is the name that the English gave uh, Myanmar uh, based on one of the largest ethnic groups, the Burmese people there, uh, right? And so, so Burma, Myanmar, if that's in your head, that's the country we're talking about. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, so uh, can you give us a little bit of background on, because I do want to get to kind of the political situation right now, the background on the the political situation that the country has been through in their fight for democracy versus the military and whatnot. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, let me say two things here. First, why uh, Burma became Myanmar? Uh, let me begin with that. Uh, okay. that, that that's really um, complicated for me as well as even though I'm from Myanmar. <laughs> so the name Burma was changed into uh, 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 from Burma to Myanmar in 1989, okay. um, saying that the, the Burma was the name given by the British. Yeah. Uh, but now uh, some, some scholars, I mean, those who really recognize some scholars claim that that is not quite true. Mm. Uh, Burma was not simply given uh, by the British. Uh, even before they came, there was you know, the name Burma. So that's kind of like the, the political trap and I don't, okay. I don't want to um, uh, um, say a lot about this, um, even sure. though there are some problems. But what I, what I like is that I still can use Myanmar as the current name of the country. I still can use it. Uh, I don't have any problem. Yeah. And on the other hand, what I don't like is that we use Myanmar. On the other hand, we use Burmese. Okay. Which yeah. is inconsistent term, you know, with, with, with Myanmar. So, okay, so what you're saying is that you, the name of the country you call Myanmar, but then the people you call Burmese people. Is that yes. right? Yes. So, yes. everyone in the country yes. so, you call Burmese, right? Yes, yes, that's right. Um, here's the thing, Jonah, let me clarify, it's a little bit confusing. Yeah. Uh, when we say Burmese, we refer to all the citizens in Myanmar, regardless of your different ethnic groups. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And when we use Burmese, we also refer to the language, like the Burmese language. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And on the other hand, when we use the Burman or Bama, yeah. we refer to the. Okay. One your... sec. One sec. You froze there when you were talking about. Group who represents Buddhist. Okay. So, so you said, uh, yeah. you froze there for a little bit on me. So you said when you say Burma or Burman, is that it? What For the yeah, ethnic yeah. group, what I do you call the ethnic group? That is the majority uh, ethnic group who represents Buddhism. Okay, yeah, yeah. Those are not the Christian uh, majority. Yeah, okay. So so with that, you're talking about the, the, the different, there are, is it two or three primarily ethnic groups that are more Christian than everyone else in Burma? I think three, three minority ethnic group represents Christian majority in, in, in Myanmar. Okay. The first is Kachin. Okay. Kachin ethnic group, those who live in the northern part of Myanmar on the border of China, Kachin. Yeah. Yeah. So who represents maybe 98 or 99%, that is the highest percentage of Christianity in Myanmar. And the second group might be my own ethnic group, Chin. Chin. So Kachin, yeah. Chin. Chin represents maybe the second highest population of uh, Christianity in our country. Yeah. And the third group will be Karin. I don't know whether you know them. 
Korean. I've Korean heard of them, bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Korean is a little bit more common to the, the Western audience here. Okay. So Korean are the ethnic group that they received the gospel from yeah. the Western missionary. They are the first ethnic group, actually. So in what year was that? Uh, that will be uh, 18, 1828, because okay. uh, Ethelon Jackson from Myanmar yeah. went to Myanmar in 1913, sorry, 1813. Okay. And he worked among the Burman Buddhist people. He, he felt that it's very hard to convert them to become a Christians. Yeah. So he moved to the current ethnic group okay. and he yeah. convert them easily. Oh, cool. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Okay, cool, cool. And I'm, I'm reading some uh, statistics just for our audience a little bit that uh, Buddhism is like 88% in your country. Christians make up 6%. And this is just what it says online. Christians make up 6% and then 4% of the population is like Muslim. Um, mm -hmm. And then the rest are kind of uh, small amounts of maybe yes, other, yes. other religions. So the thing is, John, as Myanmar is a military country, they don't want to release all the official, you know, status things and like that. Yeah. Uh, I think that um, that that census could come in um, in 2014. I think yeah, around six okay. percent of Christian population. But now some Christians in Myanmar say that higher than that populations. Okay. Like the Buddhist people are just trying to suppress. You see. See, yes. trying yeah. to marginalize. So, yeah. but anyway, uh, that is what the, the news says. So we, we still can say that 6% okay. are Christian. Okay, yeah. cool. That's, that's, so that's good to know. And that gives our, our listeners a little bit of sure. context. Sure. And so, um, so speak to a little bit of uh, the military rule versus um, the, the strive for democracy in Anjang. Uh, Aung San Suu Kyi, is that, Aung San Suu Kyi. That, yeah, and, and her father as well, maybe a little bit. That that's true, that's true. Well, that, yeah, that's very important. Um, so um, the military um, took power in 1962, right? Okay. So 1962, interestingly, I'll tell the story a little bit about this one. So they came power in 1962, right after that, the military government expelled all the Western missionaries from Myanmar. Okay. You see, that's very interesting. Yeah. So those time, according to our Christian history, what is uh, famous is missionary go home, you see? So yeah. when these non-Western countries gain independence from British, they expel all the Western missionaries and colonizers, right? Okay. So yeah. in that sense, how, this is how they are trying to imagine the nationalism, right? So they want to rule their own people. So yeah. that's something interesting. Um, so that kind of idea is still playing around today. So that nationalist idea. So that the military uh, came back um, in 1988. That was yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah. So Aung San Suu Kyi, who is the Nobel Peace Prize winner. Yeah. And who is the daughter of Aung San. Aung San is the national hero of Myanmar, who yeah. gained independence from, you know, British. Mm -hmm. So in 1988, right? that's right, that's Aung right. Yeah. When he was assassinated, Aung San Suu Kyi was just two years old. Mm, just two yeah. years old. Yeah. So Aung San Suu Kyi uh, married to the British, um, uh, the British guy, right? Who is a professor at Oxford University. Okay. And uh, her mother was seriously ill, very sick. So she went back to Myanmar, Yangon, uh, to okay. uh, to look after um, her mom. But she felt like, oh, her country, Myanmar, is really chaotic. Yeah. 
So that make her to lead the people to defeat this ministry government. Yeah. So in 1988, uh, many university students and Aung San Suu Kyi, they emerged together and resisted the military yeah. government, right? This is how this um, uh, uh, politics is going on. And yeah. then they ruled the country from 1989 to 2010. Okay. So in 2010, they so feel that well. The yeah. military ruled the country? Yes. Is that it until 2010? Yes. Okay. In fact, in 1990, Aung San Suu Kyi and her party, yeah. National League for Democracy, we call it NLD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They win the elections, but the military government did not transfer power to them. Okay. Yeah. So this time is not actually the first time. They have already done that before in yes. 1990. Yeah. And then they ruled the country until 2010. So what happened was uh, in 2010 was uh, that these, the military people, they took off their uniform saying that, well, so now we are civilian leaders. Mm, okay. But their mind and their thinking, their heart, everything is the military, right? Yeah. yeah. So from that moment on, they, they, they are a little bit opened to this uh, fair and free elections. So Aung San Suu Kyi okay. and her party win in 2015. Okay, okay, so let me ask you one question. Yep. If we back up from, from 1990 to 2010, uh, Aung San Suu Kyi was under house arrest, is that right? Or how, yes, how right, much yeah. of that period? The whole time? Um, uh, they say 15 years, almost okay. 20 years. So, so she was under house arrest, this democratic leader of the NLD, the National League for Democracy. Um, that the party that's fighting for democracy, she was put under house arrest by the military so that they could rule and she's basically in prison. That's um, right. And then in 2010, it was, it, it was 2010 or 2011 that they released her and allowed yeah. free elections. Is that right? That's right. That's right, John. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, okay. that's right. Okay. Yeah. So that's so, why uh, there was the free and fair elections in 2015. You see, 2015, yeah. five years ago. Mm -hmm. So Aung San Suu Kyi and her party win the elections. So the military government, I don't know whether willingly or unwillingly, yeah. they transferred, right? Power yeah. to Aung San Suu Kyi and they let, let her rule for five years. Yeah, but wasn't wasn't she, I, I could be wrong on this, wasn't she like constitutionally barred from being that's the true. president or, or whatever, is that right? That's true, that's true. Thank you, thank you, John. Yeah, please interrupt in that way, okay? Okay. So the, our <laughs> yeah. conversation will be very helpful. Cool. So yes, even though even though she, um, she win the elections, she could not become a president because of the constitution, which was made in 2008 yeah. by the military government, okay. saying that anyone who is president of this country has nothing to do with the, the foreign relationship, especially oh. Western relationship. Okay. So Aung San Suu Kyi, late husband was a British, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. So that constitution bars her from becoming a president, yet she is trying to, uh, make some like kind of like some legal way of becoming a state counselor right yeah. as you imagine state counselor is also high high ranking yeah. so she she took that state counselor uh, status yeah. okay. so from 2015 to um 2020 so question did she took the state counselor does that mean someone else was technically the the leader or and she was influencing them or was she really the main leader can you can you can you repeat, John? Okay, My internet. Sorry. Is, yeah. Is so you said she. So she wasn't the. Was it the president? Is that what you call it? She wasn't technically the leader, but she took the state counselor. Was someone else in that place? 
Yes, someone okay. else was a president. Okay. So okay. now two of them were detained. Okay. Now so both that of president them are was uh, Winnit. Win okay. 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 So so if I just um for a very long time the military ruled and they pushed down on Jiang Suchi and the democracy leaders. Uh, 2010, for, for some reason, they're, they, they, they're okay. They let Aung Jung Suu Kyi go, uh, not be detained anymore, and, and they allow these free elections. Um, uh, tell us how the people of Myanmar kind of reacted to that. Was that kind of like a, a breath of fresh air and some, like, some goodness happening in your country? Uh, John, you mean this, this, um, this last year elections or which elections? No, like the, the period from 2010 to, to now where you had mm -hmm. free elections. Mm -hmm. what did, how, how did that feel like in your country? Was that like oh, really happy okay. time? Um, so, I mean, you know, as you know, uh, when there's the military people, they release a little bit of their power, mm -hmm. not 100% releasing like. Okay. Yeah. Uh, of course, we are very happy that this the civilian leaders yeah. uh, taking some power, right? Like to rule the country. So yeah. when they become the leaders, what we feel is that we don't have that much fear. You see, no fear. Yeah. As you imagine, here in the US, the armies, the police, they protect their people. Yeah. But in Myanmar, living under this military and police, we always have some fear. Okay. So when we have those civilian leaders become the, the, the leaders of our country, we don't have that much fear, right? So we, yeah. we, we feel secure, right? There's some, some good thing about it. Yeah. And, but somehow in the internal life of a military and Aung San Suu Kyi party, kind of like two governments, isn't it? Because okay. that constitution was drafted by the military government. Yeah. And within that constitution, 25% of uh, military still control, another 70% was controlled by uh, Aung San Suu Kyi and her party. Okay. So kind of like Aung San Suu Kyi is always negotiating her power with, with the military people okay, because yeah. the military people are the one who who control the brick. You know, whenever yeah. they release the brick, Aung San Suu Kyi has to go. When they break again, she has to come back. So that kind of thing is going on. Um, so in their internal relationship, there should be some intentions which we don't know very well. Okay. Uh, because Aung San Suu Kyi is also always trying to um, to um, uh, to abolish that 2008 constitution because she said that yeah. this is not a democratic constitution. Yeah. You yeah. see, so these kind of things is happening. I think that's some of the reason why this, the, the current chaos is happening now, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that, that makes sense. So because she's trying to dismantle the constitution and change the constitution, basically, that's right. is what you're saying. That's right. From what the military set up in 2008, to a more democratic constitution. That's right. And, and with liberty and freedom. Okay, and, and also you said, so I, I really like you said like under military rule, we have this fear because we don't know what they're going to do. But when you have your public officials elected, you you don't have that fear. Um, so uh, I, don't, I don't really know uh, too much about what happened when the military rule, but there was, um, d d uh, I maybe, hearing that there was some discrimination versus certain people groups and, and maybe some displacement among people groups and stuff. Can you speak yes. to that a little bit? Yes, please. Yes, yes, sure, sure. <clears throat> so let me give you these are practical uh, <clears throat> examples. So those are military people. Most of yeah. them are the Burman Buddhists, right? 
Okay. So they are occupying our ethnic regions like Chin, Kachin, Karin, especially Chin and Kachin are Christian majority region. Yeah. So those armies occupied our regions, yeah. saying that we are coming here to protect you, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So they occupied our region and those armies, I won't say all of them, but some of them, they even raped women, okay? Okay, yeah. And then sometimes they forced the civilian people to carry their stuff. I was one of them in 1998. Yeah. My father and I were arrested by the armies to be their porters, to carry their stuff okay, for yeah. one week without proper food. Yeah. So that oh, is a yeah. real practical examples of this persecutions going on in our ethnic region yeah yeah and and that's from directly from the military rule that yes that's why we feel them you know when mm -hmm. we when we see the military yeah we don't feel secure because we yeah. we don't feel that they are coming to help us instead we feel that they are coming to persecute you or yeah. whatever you know Absolutely. that's what i mean we don't have any um any security under their rule i mean that's yeah. that's a practical reason yeah but here in the u.s for example wow when i see the the police here I feel like I'm very secure because he is going to help me, you know? Yeah, yeah. That is the reality here. That's good, that's good. Um, uh, great. So, um, so, so now with some of that background, uh, are you still with me? Okay, we froze a little bit. So, okay, so with exactly. some of that background uh, that you've shared with us about your country and what your country's been through, Tell us a little bit about what's going on right now, because at the end, it was the very end of January, where like you for these like ten years you've had this elections, and now it it's like the military retake took over all yes. the power, right? Yes. So tell yes. us about right. that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, thank you, John. So U.S. and Myanmar <laughs> held the elections in the same month last year. Yeah. <laughs> Third of November for U.S. break. Yep. Yeah. Eighth of November was Myanmar. Okay. So that's. <laughs> yeah. So um, there was a uh, free and fair elections that many people recognized, mm -hmm. and and including myself, I I I know that Aung San Suu Kyi and her party were win, but I didn't expect that they were win by a landslide. Okay. Okay. So even the military government seems to underestimate Aung San Suu Kyi's power, partly because Aung San Suu Kyi is now a little bit like declining in the global image because of Rohingya, kind of like her popularity okay. is a little bit declining this uh, uh, recent years. Yeah. That's why some military government seems to underestimate her power and her popularity. Yeah, yeah. But Aung San Suu Kyi was so influential, especially among those, the grassroots people. Yeah. Some grassroots people, they don't even remember the name of her political party, but they know her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. so that's why they voted for her because mm -hmm. they don't like to live under the military government, right? Yeah. So yeah. her party wins the election by a landslide. They say 83%. Okay. That's a lot. Wow. 83%. Yeah. That's very good. That is yeah. a lot. In Burmese, we call which means even the sky collapsed, the land collapsed, everything is collapsed. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what we call in Burmese, Mebio Gambio. Yeah. So yeah. she she win the elections by a landslide. Yeah. But the military government was not happy. Yeah. Not mm -hmm. happy. They always say, "Oh, there was some frauds happening here. You know, not free election, all this kind of thing." Okay. At yeah. the moment here, the President Trump is also saying this a lot. 
indirectly they also you know yeah copy yeah. him in many ways yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but here of course uh, military, that didn't yeah. happen because this is a democratic country yeah. so this the military government always saying even in the u.s the democratic country they have some the fraud election yeah. fraud is going on here yeah. in Myanmar that is the reality but yeah. they don't have proper evidence John okay yeah. so but so as, let me let me yeah. sum up for us just for that so what you're saying is that the, the they had free and fair elections on Jiang Suu party won by landslide 83 percent uh, yeah. but then the military is upset about that and so the military has said there's a lot of fraud yeah and so this is escalating kind of right from, that's right that's from right. the military saying oh no 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 everybody cheated right yeah so, so continue continue yeah sure that's right that's what the the military government trying to say there's a yeah. lot of frauds so let us uh let us um do another election that's what they say yeah or maybe let us recount right okay yeah and as as a burmese i will i will be honest i will say that of course there might be some mistakes and things like that. No questions. Because yeah. Myanmar is not a democratic country and techn technologically is not well developed. There yeah. might be some mistakes. I cannot deny that. Yeah. But I don't think those mistakes are not major. I really don't think yeah. so. Yeah. You know? yeah. I really don't I think so. So that's why the military government say that, okay, let us do another elections or let us recount. Yeah. And Aung San Suu Kyi and her party say, no, we have to proceed as scheduled. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then the military government trying to say another one. Um, that was on the 1st of February. That was the day that they scheduled to make what they call it the parliament uh, meeting. Yeah. They are going to elect some parliament, um, the Congress members. Right. Yeah. So that was the day that the military took power on the okay. 1st of February. Just yeah. a few hours before that meeting was held. So they detained Aung San Suu Kyi, President Winmeet, and other civilian officer leaders. Okay. So they so detained those leaders and then took power. Yes. Okay. Wow. Um, so, um, so with that, um, I want to ask, um, Okay, so what has been the reaction from the Myanmar people, and especially what has been kind of um, uh, the reaction from the Christians in Myanmar, and yeah. and and how um, and how do they engage with this uh, military who has put their national leaders who um, got elected by a landslide uh, under house arrest or, or in jail, and yes. then uh, and then they've taken power. How, uh, what's yes. the response? And that's true. That's true, John. Thank you. Yeah. That's a very thoughtful question. Yeah. Um, this year, the people' reaction was quite impressive, John. Personally, mm -hmm. yeah, quite impressive. I will tell you why. So, when the military government took power on the first of February, yeah, all the Aung San Suu Kyi's party were detained. We don't know what's going on. What should we do? We we don't have any idea. You yeah. See? Yeah. Because all the leaders were detained. We the people just simply went to the the street and demonstrate. We 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 don't want to do. Yeah. Because we just want to listen to the the Aung San Suu Kyi's party leaders first. What's going on? What should we do? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So first of February, we have been with, and second, third, and fourth, we have been waiting for the voices from the NLD for four days without yeah. doing anything. We just mm -hmm. keep quiet. We cry and then we pray as a Christians. Yeah, yeah. Because no idea what should we do. Yeah. Because there was no 
on uh, on Sanjuji's party leaders left, the school yeah. leaders, you know. Yeah. So only on the fifth of February, there were a few young people, like some, yeah. you know, some girls and some boys. So they yeah. came out, went to the street and start demonstrations. Okay. Yeah. Afterward, this the mass demonstration is going on now. Okay. okay? This is going on now, yeah. and I will tell you here, John. Yeah. Um, a lot of protests going on in our history since yeah. this uh, military government you know, took power in 1962. Yeah. But this year was a very impressive, partly because every people, those who love democracy, those who hate dictatorship, yeah. every kind of people and religions, they went to the street and demonstrate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not, it's not, um, it's not exclusively because they live on San Suji, but it's mainly because they hate dictatorship. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not just about the party. Yes. This is about the people. You know, the, mm -hmm. the democracy, because mm -hmm. we feel that the military government did not respect our human right, basic human right yeah. that we voted for, right? Yeah. So now, in this movement, many Christian leaders also involved. We are so happy. In the past, you know, as you might know. Yeah. If we are theological conservative, we are sensitive to demonstration, right? Mm -hmm. That's happening in our country as well. But now Christian leaders, pastors, all kinds of people yeah. go to the street and demonstrate. So that's something that I really like. And then among them, you can even ask me more about this information. What I really like about this uh, strategy of demonstration is what we call it civil disobedience movement. Okay. We call yeah. it CDM. So which means some civil servants, like the some um, uh, government leaders, you know, the servants, they don't go to office anymore. They just demonstrate. They stay at home. They okay. don't work anymore. But now the government make a law that they are not going to get salary anymore. So yeah. this is the real challenge that, including myself and some Christians, we have to be involved in this. I really, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, that's tough. And so um, uh, to summarize a little bit, um, David's been talking about um, it's kind of the response, and he's been really excited by the response of um, the, the protests and um, and how uh, Christians as well as other folks have, have come together and have led these protests against this military government that is uh, kind of pushing down and oppressing the people of Myanmar. Um, and, and you said you're excited about everything, uh, the people coming together as well as the Christian leaders that are speaking yes. up. Uh, which I, I think is important, and I um, uh, that's one of the things I uh, lament about um, some of the stuff going on in America right now is we don't have as many Christian leaders speaking up against, uh, for example, uh, you know, the killings of, of black people um, like by the police. Like we don't have as many Christian leaders saying, "Hey, this is wrong," um, uh, and it and it's led in some sense by secular. Uh, folk and, and so we don't we don't appreciate that but but you're saying in Myanmar the Christians really are speaking up the leaders are speaking up um, and, and they're kind of leading together against this and this civil disobedience that you you spoke yeah. of, of, of of saying well if this is the way it is we're not going to fall in line with this and, and we're going to yeah. demand a change um, which is is uh, pretty cool so yeah do you have any more thoughts on that I have a couple other questions but me? Yeah. Any more thoughts to continue oh, that? 
Oh, no, no, you can continue. And later on, if I have something, we can discuss. Okay, okay, cool. So um, how have you been a part of the response to this? Like, what, what have you done as a um, uh, Burmese person uh, here in America? How have you responded? <laughs> yeah, uh, John, you have always good questions. <laughs> um, so first, um, even though I'm here in the U.S., I mean, I will say I'm fortunate enough to be here in America. Yeah. The champion of democracy, even yeah. though U.S. also has some uh, its own problem. Um, yeah, sure, sure. I'm very fortunate enough to be here and to study as the intellectual persons. Mm -hmm. So I, yes, I, I ask myself, what should I do as a Burmese? What should yeah. I do? Just the yeah. basic responsibility, right? Yeah. Like the, the, the responsibility as a citizen, mm -hmm. the responsibility as a Christian, right? Yeah. So first, what I did was here, of course, I pray. Since that happened on the 1st of February, for me as a Christian, uh, prayer is the first and the last weapon. So yeah. I, I pray. I've been praying for this. And then later on, some of my, uh, my friends in Louisville organized uh, the, 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 the peaceful protest, right? Yeah. Kind of like. Yeah. Uh, making this the U.S. and the world aware of uh, what is happening in Myanmar. So I joined that demonstrations uh, last week and then two weeks ago. I think this coming Saturday, I might go there again if the weather is good. So yeah. that is what I'm doing, you know, especially here, uh, people living here in, in the U.S. coming here, the refugee, um, uh, some of them, are, of course, lay people, right? So they yeah. need all this intellectual voice. We need to be with them. Of course, we don't want to impose our ideas on them, we have to work with them because they have some ideas, right? Yeah. So I just join them, empower them, and then I give a speech to encourage them and to give them some hope. Yeah. So that was what I'm doing, kind of a demonstration. And the oh. second thing that I would like to do is now kind of like this involving this CDM, what we call it, civil disobedience movement, like yeah. some kind of this helping kind of like, this is kind of like more practical way, right? The charity, yeah. helping yeah. those people, those who are really uh, suffering from this uh, CDM movement, you know? Because yeah. the government does not give them salary anymore because they don't want to work with the new government. So yeah. that's what I'm doing, John. Okay, that, that's great. And so, so with that, um, why is it important for uh, Americans to pay attention to this and to know this? Like my folks are, you know, in, in Danville, Kentucky. <laughs> and so the question is, so, so that's true. why does it matter to us? And then also what can... What are what would you have us do to, to partner with you in, in these things? That's true, I guess. That's true, John. So that's true, John. That's <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm, that's true. Just want you to answer. I, oh, I think you, it does um, matter. I'm just saying. I know, I know. So uh, let us speak from a Christian perspective. Okay. Yes, it's not yeah. from a political perspective. Yeah. Just from a Christian perspective. Mm -hmm. So of course, helping our own people within our own nation is logically that is right yeah right that's right mm -hmm. but when our god's image neighbors suffer no matter whether he is a chinese or brazilian or american or korean whoever yeah. we suffer too yeah because they are part of god's image mm -hmm. yeah and from a christian perspective they are the global image of christ's body we are all christian the body of christ the local and the global body of christ yeah. So yeah. when our fellow global body of Christ suffer, we suffer too, yeah. right? Absolutely. When we play soccer, I hear my, my knee painful. So when my knee, no, I got painful here, the whole body is painful. Yeah, yeah. You see? Yeah. So when our 
neighbors, when our the global body of Christ suffer, we suffer too. You yeah, see? Absolutely. So in yeah. that sense, we have to show our compassions yeah. to, to those people. Of course, politically, it might not be easy for the church to change all the system in Myanmar. That's realistically and practically is not quite important, uh, is not effective. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unless we are the political leaders and bring this issue to uh, to the Congress or to the White House, that yeah. might be uh, uh, the, the task of politicians. But yeah. as just the ordinary Christian, what we could do is like, as I mentioned, if we really to be part of this CDM movement, mm -hmm. this will be a huge help for the people in Myanmar. Yeah. Because, you know, John, uh, many people in Myanmar feel that this CDM movement is the only key movement and protest okay. to win this yeah. military, they say. Yeah. Because, you know, if if all the, the civil servants stop working in the office, how can the new military government can run the government? Cannot. Yeah, yeah. Stop. They yeah. will stop. That's why this is the most effective strategy, strategy of defeating this military government. That's why now many people are very energetic about this and I'm also part of this, you know, practically help. So yeah. if your church or your friends or whoever is compassionate about this, let's do together. Yeah, yeah just invitation. Awesome. That sounds that sounds good. I, I really like what you said about like if if someone else around the world is is hurting and um, and not even not even they have to be Christian uh, to yeah. be a part of, you know, but they're still made in God's image and uh, this yes. is this is important yes. for us. in that sense john since two of you are seminary students and pastors yeah. even we can quote a uh, samaritan right yeah so the samaritan help the wounded victim mm -hmm. the samaritan does not need to know who that person is yeah so even now until even Craig Keen, i don't know whether he whether he knows the real identity of the victim in that parable many yeah. people say we don't know his or her identity mm -hmm. so that yeah. means when our neighbors suffer no matter who they are we have to be compassionate heart and help you see that's the Samaritan way of helping yeah yeah absolutely and uh and and i love how you said uh first for you 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 prayed <laughs> and you said that that's the first step and i oh yes i pray i, I pray i cry john i, I also cry mm -hmm. and whenever i listen to this um the Aung San Suji, uh, the national uh, nlv anthem song sometimes i post on my facebook i guess Oh my goodness, I cry, John. I yeah. because this is so touching and I cry. Yeah. That is what it is as a Christian now, John. Like yeah. prophetic lamentation, right? Yeah. Jeremiah is crying. He's a crying prophet. Yep. It's not just only resist, crying. I cry. Yeah. We have to cry, you know? Yeah, so absolutely. And lament. That's what we need. Prophetic lamentation and prophetic resistance is important, John. Absolutely. Um well uh thanks for um thanks for sharing and, and talking with us today. Is there is there anything else uh, before we wrap up that you you want to share with us or something on your heart or? Mind? Um, oh, yeah. Let me say uh, thank uh, uh, thank you so much, John, uh, mm -hmm. for uh, for having yeah. me yeah. Um, to share this story. Um, so as a Christians, the best part of what we are doing is uh, not just telling our own story, yeah. but telling the story of other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In other in other words, we are advocates for others. Yes. So what I'm telling now here is also when we tell the story, we have to tell the truth, right? The truthful yeah. storytelling. So now what I'm telling you is this is the truthful story. Even in the online, we have seen that this is a truthful story. So yeah. I I I am blessed uh, to be um, to be um, uh, a person to tell the story of my own people to you as a non-Burmese, 
So thank you so much uh, for your compassionate heart and uh, thank you so much for all the good questions that you ask. Yeah, yeah. And those for are sure. really, really good. So John, and uh, I hope many church members, uh, those who are listening to this uh, uh, story uh, will learn more about this Miamo and praying for them and helping yeah. them in a way that they can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just Absolutely. let me know, John, yep. Yeah, thanks, man. We appreciate having you. And if you're listening and you want to know more, um, you can, uh, it's on the news. So if you pay attention to the news, uh, you probably have heard at least a little bit. Um, but uh, just learn more. And, and we were excited to hear from David and uh, hear his stories uh, that can enrich our life and help us understand the world around us and the ways that God is moving in the world. Yes, uh, yes that's right, John. Really that's right. By the way, John, what is the name of the church that you are serving? It's uh, Centenary United Methodist uh, in uh, Danville, Kentucky. So Sing Centenary. Oh, Centenary, okay. Yeah, so, um, and we're like 30 minutes south of Wilmore, so um, about 30 minutes south of Wilmore, okay, so okay. just down. So, yeah, okay. so um it's a i love i like danville a lot it's a lot of fun that's true so, that's true but anyways. thank you so much john for yeah. the good work that thanks you have been doing. thanks for being with us and yes, uh that that'll wrap it up for today well hey we are uh back with you guys after the interview and uh hopefully you enjoyed that uh, pastor chris do you want to just share a quick reflection it's one thing to look at the news and to see that uh, the military has taken over the government of myanmar um, it is quite another thing to hear from someone who can explain what that means in terms of life for ordinary people um, life for the christian minority um, life for for those uh civil servants and so uh, fascinating fascinating interview and uh, we've already gone long today yeah so um hope that you all enjoyed uh, another view of a uh, world event from uh, christian who has quite a bit of experience um and quite a bit of insight into another part of the world where our brothers and sisters are suffering and our brothers and sisters um are in need so yeah uh, and before you say i'll, I'll say I, I didn't say if you do want more information uh you can follow david on facebook it's david uh spelled david and then m-o-e mo uh, and he's he's been posting a lot about this and so if you want to friend him i'm sure uh, he'd be happy to, to friend you and then he's got posts on stuff and his opinions and thoughts so and he can continue the conversation with uh, yeah. with those who are interested absolutely well on this snowy Tuesday afternoon. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you that peace that passes all understanding through Jesus Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. See you guys.